Good morning. Uh, just a couple announcements. Uh, first, following our second service today, uh, the youth group are going to be putting together the luminaries that we use on Christmas Eve. So if anyone is interested in coming, uh, they'll start that around 1145 this morning. Also looking at this coming week, we will not be having a Advent midweek service. Uh, the services we will be having on Christmas Eve, we have a 2 p.m. service and also a 7 p.m. service. Uh, there's also a special pre-service music at both of those, and there's more information in the back of your bulletin about that. On Christmas Day, we'll be having just one service, and that will be at 10 a.m. Also, as we've been mentioning, following both of our services today, uh, during the closing hymn, we'll be putting our screens down, and we'll be showing the uh, Christmas video that our Sunday school uh, put together. It's about seven, eight minutes long. So if you're able to stay around and watch that, that would be great. Uh, I, I've already seen it. I think you're going to really enjoy what they put together and uh, just see all of our Sunday school kids. They did a great job with it. The Old Testament reading for this, the fourth Sunday in Advent, is from the seventh chapter of Isaiah. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as shale or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the first chapter of Romans. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, 
For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This time of year, we hear all about Mary and Joseph. We hear about Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. They try to get a room in an inn, but it's filled up. Mary and Joseph stay the night in a barn, and Mary gives birth to Jesus. This time of year, we're always hearing about Mary and Joseph, but their togetherness was not always so cozy. Mary and Joseph also had problems as a couple. In fact, they almost didn't even go through with their marriage. Mary and Joseph were betrothed, which for the Jewish people was like a legally binding engagement. But before they could actually have their wedding day, Joseph found out Mary was pregnant and the baby was not his. Imagine a man and a woman are engaged. They've never been together yet. And if that woman becomes pregnant, what are you going to think that woman has been doing behind her fiancé's back? That's exactly what Joseph thought. He loved Mary, adored her. But he was not about to marry a woman who he thought was sleeping around on him. So what on earth should Joseph do in a situation like this? His future with Mary is ruined. What should he do? What could he do to this woman who betrayed him? Joseph had a lot of options. He could expose Mary's sin to her parents and humiliate her and them. Or Joseph could have gone to a local judge and charged Mary with adultery. There were laws against adultery. And that judge would rule in Joseph's favor, and Mary, as a convicted adulterer, could be brought out to the town square, and Mary could be given 39 lashes with a whip on her back. Mary could become a public example for all the other young girls to never follow in Mary's footsteps. That's one option Joseph could have chosen. And if Joseph was hurt enough and angry enough, if Joseph wanted to hurt Mary as much as she hurt him, Joseph would not go to the local judge. Joseph would go to the town elders. He would go to the men in the town who would truly make sure this type of thing would never happen again. And those elders could drag Mary by her hair and pull her out of the town. When they made it outside of the town limits, 
They would all pick up rocks and they could stone her to death. Joseph could have joined in. That would be his legal right if he wanted. Because that's one way to get rid of sin. Kill it. When Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, he probably wrestled with what to do. After all, there are a lot of ways Joseph could have responded. That wrestling Joseph went through reminds me of what God goes through. Just as Joseph had a lot of options when it comes to dealing with a supposedly unfaithful spouse, so also does God have a lot of options. God the Father must have wrestled about us. He must have wrestled about what to do with us, his unfaithful spouse. The scriptures often describe our relationship with God as a marriage. God is our groom and we, the church, are his bride. We have a relationship with him. But that relationship ever since Adam and Eve has been very one-sided. God is faithful in our marriage. We, not so faithful. Ever since Adam and Eve, every man, woman, and child born into this world has been unfaithful in our relationship with God. So what should God do to us? What could God do to us? We're the ones who betrayed our oaths of faithfulness to him. And believe me, we have all taken oaths of faithfulness to God. Do you remember in confirmation when we all pledged to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from the faith? That was a marriage vow you made with God. Believe me, it was. And sadly, we've broken it. So what should God do with us for breaking that oath? What could God do? The law is on God's side. There are laws that condemn us if we don't love God more than anything else in our lives. The first commandment. There are laws that condemn us if we don't worship regularly. The third commandment. And those laws are all on God's side. There are laws that command us to honor our parents. Laws that demand we live sexually pure lives in mind and body, and heart. There are laws that command us not to steal. Laws that demand we speak in a civil manner toward everyone and speak kindly about everyone, especially our enemies. The law is on God's side. So should God drag us into the town square when we break those laws? Give us a few lashes of a whip. And if God was hurt enough and angry enough, if God felt betrayed enough, if God wanted to hurt us as much as we hurt him, God could make sure his laws would never be broken ever again. He could cause a global flood every hundred years or so and wipe us all away every once in a while. He could take every sinner outside and just put us to death. 
Stone us with the heaviest boulder as an example to everyone never to sin again. That's one way to get rid of sin. Kill it. Kill the sinner. And God could do a lot to get rid of sin. God could have done a whole host of things to settle the score with us. Thankfully for us, though, God chose another route to get rid of our sin. Mary and Joseph, their marriage didn't exactly get off to a smooth start when Joseph found out she was pregnant. But Joseph did not choose to hurt Mary. Joseph did not choose to get even with Mary. Joseph was planning to start legal proceedings to have their engagement annulled, a divorce before their final marriage ceremony happened. Joseph was planning to show mercy to Mary, not to bring about judgment. But before Joseph could even show mercy to Mary, an angel came to him in a dream and told Joseph the child was not conceived by a man, but by the Holy Spirit. Joseph was told to take Mary as his wife and to name the child Jesus, a name which means he will save his people from their sins. What should God do with all of us? He should do a lot. But he chose to send his son, a savior. What could God have done with all of us? Well, he could have done a lot with us. And he did choose to do a lot. He chose to come in the flesh. To come himself in the flesh. Not just as a cute little baby. He chose to come as our savior. Like the very name of Jesus means. He will save his people from their sins. This time of year, our thoughts about Jesus go to a manger. And they should. That's what we're remembering. That's what we're celebrating. But let's never forget what that baby came to do in the first place. He came to save us from our sins. We do have a relationship with God. But that relationship, ever since Adam and Eve, has been one side. God is always faithful. And we, as hard as we try, are often unfaithful. And the law is on God's side. Should he drag us into the town square when we break those laws, give us a few lashes of a whip? No. He should not do that to us. Because that's why God came in the flesh. It's Jesus who is the one who is taken outside the city. And it is Jesus who is the one who is given the 39 lashes of a whip. He is the one who went through that. So you would not. And believe me, God is hurt over our sins and God is angry. If God wanted to hurt us as much as we hurt him, he could. He could drag all of us away and throw fiery stones at us in hell, stoning us to death for all eternity. 
God could do that. And he would be justified if he wanted to do that. But he did not choose to do that, did he? He chose something very different. He chose to come in the flesh as a baby. He chose to come in the flesh so that one day he is the one who would suffer for our sins. God knows truly the best way to get rid of sin is to kill it. But instead of killing us, God the Father allowed his own son to be killed in our place. He was killed in our place for our sin so that we can be reassured every single day that we will not be killed for our sin or punished for our sin. God could have done a whole host of things to settle the score with us. Thankfully for us, though, God chose to settle our score by sending his own son, Jesus whose very name means he will save his people from their sins. Thanks to God, Joseph showed mercy to Mary and received her as his bride. And thanks to God, God himself has shown mercy to you and has also received you as his bride, his church, all because of Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.
welcome to the Lord's